gracious and merciful God, as we come tonight, this holy night, we pray your presence here. And as I share your word tonight, I pray that all of us will have ears and minds and hearts open to your word. And as I, your servant, stand here before you, I pray that I would decrease, that you would increase. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable and pleasing to you, O God, my rock, my redeemer. Amen. The hour had come. After all the crowds, after all the tables turned over, after all the questioning and all of the arguing, Jesus had pulled his inner circle to a special moment so that he could share a meal with them. And if you think about all of the disciples that had traveled throughout the region, and as the crowds had gathered over this time now, he wanted to spend this moment with those closest to him. And as they're there, he's giving thanks to God. He's lifting the cup. He's sharing it with them. Giving them pieces of bread and giving thanks to God who created him for this moment, this night. And as he gives the meal to them and says to do this in memory of him, gives the cup to them and says, this is a new covenant that is sealed with my blood, poured out for you. He knows that at the table, there is a betrayer. But probably not just one. For could it be that sitting with him are lots of betrayers? And tonight, when we think about what betrayal entails, is it not true that as all of us come to this sacred table, each and every one of us, at one time or another, and if it hasn't happened yet, it's going to happen, all of us are betrayers of Christ. Amen? Now, at that moment when Jesus says, one of you is going to betray me, the whispers start, the nudging. You can imagine what Pastor John would do at that table, point fingers at it. How many? He gets some too. <laughs> and that's what the apostles did. They kind of looked at each other and said, you know, it's not me. You know who it probably is? Maybe James or John. Maybe Alex. Maybe. Who could it be? Which one of us? They're looking at each at themselves. Which one could be the one who's about to do this? And of course, there's an argument that breaks out. Jesus is trying to be serious with these men, and there's an argument that happens. They're trying to figure out who is the greatest. And he's telling them, you stay with me all through my trials, and just as my Father has given me the right to rule, so I will give the same right to you. 
You will eat and drink at my table in the kingdom, and you will sit on thrones to rule over the twelve tribes of Israel. He's going to take them and elevate them in the kingdom of God. But they still are wondering, who is it that's going to betray them? What is betrayal? If we think about the nature of it, if you think about what it is, could it be that maybe betrayal is the biggest sin? I looked up a definition, and the actual definition of betrayal is bad faith. Now, the existentialists, they have a lot to say about what bad faith is. And if you listen to people like Sartre and those French philosophers, they'll pretty much put categories in place where all of us are people of bad faith. There's genuine betrayal. There's perceived betrayal. And as I was digging through all this literature to think about betrayal, I came across these words of Brene Brown, who is a social worker and a storyteller and a researcher. And she says this, that of all the betrayals that there are, you think about the big ones. You think about lying and the cheating and breaking a confidence or failing to defend somebody if, 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 you're, if, if you have someone gossiping about someone you know. All of those seem like betrayals to us. But she said the worst one, the most insidious, the most difficult type of betrayal is the betrayal of disengagement, of not caring, of letting connections go, of not being willing to devote time and effort to relationships. The most dangerous is the corrosion of trust that, that disengagement can bring. Perhaps that's our greatest betrayal of Christ, when we disengage, when we don't put that relationship before all others, when we turn to other things and don't devote the time necessary the way of us telling Christ that he's not important. That is a betrayal. But the beautiful thing about this moment in that room with those apostles is that Jesus recognizes their shortcomings even before they have occurred. And he even says to Simon, 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 listen, Satan has received permission to test all of you, to separate the good from the bad as a farmer separates the wheat from the chaff. Boy, all of them. But there's also that, that truth that all of us will be tested. I love the way that Eugene Peterson renders this in the message. He says, Simon, stay on your toes. Satan has tried his best to separate all of you from me, like chaff from wheat. It doesn't end with that separation. It doesn't end with that recognition of the failure or the betrayal. It doesn't end there. Because Jesus says to Simon, 
But I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith will not fail. And when you turn back to me, get that when, when, not if you turn back to me, when you turn back to me. The turning back is not just a, re a return. King James says converted. But when you're turned again, or when you recover, all of those are different ways that we can render these words. But the point is, whether it's a turning back, whether it's a returning, whether it's a converting, whether it's a recovery, he goes on to say, you must strengthen your brothers. Jesus recognizes at that moment that even though Simon is going to fail, even though Simon's going to deny knowing Jesus Christ, even when he's going to turn away from God, Jesus is telling him, when you turn back, when you come back, when you're converted, when you recover from stumbling, you must strengthen your brothers. When that failure happens, as it's bound to do, God isn't saying, stay away from me now, you're separated forever. No, he's saying, when you come back, take what you've learned and share it. Because behind you is another brother, another sister, another child of God who is going to come the same way, have the same failure, who's going to betray Christ again and again. All of us are going to have those moments of stumbling. But when we get back to God, do it in a way that you're going to strengthen the others. Peter says, I'm ready to go to prison with you and to die with you. But I tell you, Peter, Jesus said, the cock will not crow tonight until you have said three times that you do not know me. Who is the betrayer at the table? Judas' greatest sin was not just that he handed Christ over to God that when he repented of that, when he tried to give back the money, he didn't hear these words about coming back to Jesus and strengthening those around him. He felt so separated that he hanged himself. There is never a moment in our lives when we are so separated that God does not want us to come back. There is never a moment when we need to say, it's finished and God wants nothing of me because every one of these men around that table that were the closest to him in all his earthly ministry, they were all going to fail. They were all going to be betrayers. They were all going to fall short of the glory of God. And Jesus is saying, on this night, among all other nights, come to this table. You are mine. And it does not matter how you fail. It does not matter because recovery is here. Another chance is here. Healing of that relationship is here. I am here. And that's why Christ again and again says, come and confess, but this table is ready to receive you. 
as you are, to take those broken places and bring you healing so that you can strengthen your brothers and sisters who are going through it next. Come to this table, all who repent of sin and seek to live at peace with one another. That's what Christ invites us to do each and every time we share in this meal to remember. So come tonight, knowing that in all of us is someone of a little bit of bad faith. Someone that Christ is redeeming again and again so that we can take the lessons we learn each time we recover and share the news with all that Christ still invites us each and every day. Glory, glory to God. Amen. you join with me now in singing our hymn of preparation, number 629, You Sat